wasn't the sweetest sounding thing, but there's something about what grandma was saying that moved your feet and stirred something up inside. To see her grin from ear to ear, one thing for sure was very clear. This wasn't just a song, it was her Times have changed to say the least. My grandmama's voice, a memory. Just like the old song says, she's on that shore. And if she's looking down on me, I hope she's proud of what she sees. Cause thanks to her, I'm a walking with the Lord. Oh, to hear her once again, wrap herself around that hem. Lord, if I could. Just go back once more in the sweet by and by. We shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by. We shall meet on that beautiful shore. Well, good morning. Yay. I'm so glad everyone's here. We are going to have everyone come on in from the cafe, finish your last bite, and bring your coffee on in. We're going to begin our time with the Lord this morning. I'm glad to see your faces. Did you guys have a good week? Anybody else enjoying this close to spring-like weekend? Don't say that too much. Oh, I've been praying for, for a warmer weekend, so I'm happy to see it. Well, I'm glad everyone's here. Would you all stand with me? And we're going to begin our time of worship together. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been dragging the same old voice in the same old life, if you're trying to fill the same hole inside, there's a better life. Well, there's a better life. If you've got pain, he's a pain maker. Oh 
yourself worn out from the same old fight. All rhymes of things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. Well, there's a better life. happening in our lives, Lord, that are hard and things that we just need to come and lay at your feet. So, Lord, we come to you this morning. We just lay everything at your feet and we trust you with it. And we believe that you're working all things for good according to your purposes. Lord, I'm just grateful for every person that's in this room. Some may have had hard mornings this morning. So, Lord, bless them for getting here. Sometimes it is hard to get in the door or out the door. <laughs> so, Lord, thank you for being here waiting for us this morning. We thank you for your spirit. I pray that you will just breathe in us today, that this will be a day that we, we can feel you around us, knowing that you're in control of it all. Lord, we praise you for such a glorious morning, for the sun coming out and shining on the peak. Lord, I thank you for smiling faces and friendships here. Thank you for what you're doing in our church. Thank you for the work that you've done here. Lord, I thank you for the work that you've done in Asbury, Kentucky, with this revival that you've started there. I pray it'll spread. I pray it'll be huge and it'll come across. And I pray you will start with us here in our church. Lord, start a revival here. We want it. So we pray that you will come in and take over. And do what it is that you need to do in us and through us, Lord. I pray for Pastor Kelly this morning as she brings your word. And I just thank you, Lord, 
that we get to come into your presence and worship you. We praise you, Father. You're a good, good Father, and we love you. And we all thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. So kids, there is a flag waving in the back. If you want to go see, I think it's Miss Tracy that's going to be waving that flag. Miss Tracy is waving the flag. <laughs> there she goes. And everyone else, will you turn and say good morning and greet each other? Welcome everyone here. We are glad that you are with us today. last handshakes and hugs in and you can have a seat Lori I was uh, mentioned of that Asbury revival that's happening in Wilmore Kentucky that made me think back uh, I was in college when uh, they were still talking about the Asbury revival back in 1970 were you there Sharon you heard about it that's right. Good for you. Sharon may be our link to the revival. I don't know, but that's good stuff. May it happen all across our country, including right here. Amen. So uh, I should have worn green today because I'm rooting for the Eagles tonight. Yes. But instead, I wore blue to match your bulletins. And uh, take those bulletins out. You've got a connection card in there. You know what that's all about, unless you're new with us and you may not. I'd love to have some contact information so we could follow up on you or any changes in your contact info, prayer request on the back, uh, anything that you want to communicate to your staff, uh, you can use that connection card. And while you're uh, taking that out and thinking about that, I've got a few pictures. We've got some grands to show off. There you go. That would be Sharon's uh, grandson, Isaac. Cody and Sarah, his parents, oh, what a good-looking guy. And here are the Rumsey-Gram kids with the Rumseys. Look at that nice shot. That's beautiful. Even Jim's looking good in that picture. And then here's one I missed last week. This is our Emmy's other grandpa. The title is Grandpa Webb Babysitting Emmy. Sheesh. Okay. Hey, I've got about a half a dozen quick announcements for you. Note that a week from Wednesday, I think it's a WPNAS first, an Ash Wednesday service right here in this space. So more details next Sunday, but uh, note that that's coming since that's new. Super Bowl party tonight. 
right here. All ages, we're going to have homemade soups and maybe a little contest about those soups. Speaking of soups, if you didn't put your canned soups in the Eagles box out in the lobby, you can still do that. Uh, Danny, feel free to transfer cans of soup from the Chiefs box to the Eagles box. Anyway, we're going to have a great time here tonight. All ages, uh, snacks, foods, board games, the game up here. Uh, it'll be a good time. So hopefully you'll come out if you don't have other plans. Uh, enjoy that good time right here in this space. Bring friends. Am I forgetting anything else? Okay, yeah. That's a great opportunity to bring friends. Let's do that. Speaking of that, uh, next uh, Saturday, Women's Fellowship down the hall in the chapel. That's another good opportunity to bring friends. Uh, time is in your bulletin there. Uh, what else? Next week, potluck. Bring food. Eat food. But if we're going to eat food, you got to bring food. So uh, in your bulletin, again, details. If your last name begins with A to M, you're bringing something. N to Z, you're bringing something. Always look forward to sharing a meal around the table here in this, in this space. Looking at my notes. My notes, this is as bad as what I bring into the pulpit to preach with. Yeah. Small groups. You can start signing up for that today. You saw the table back there. I'm uh, impressed, Sharon and Kelly and others that have worked with this, with the number of group opportunities you have in this church. And uh, just about every day of the week, all kinds of foci and various leaders. So uh, take advantage of that. That will happen for the next couple of weeks. Those groups begin in a couple of weeks. Think I'm forgetting anything, Kelly? Friday? Yeah, that too. Is that in the bulletin anyway? If you're a family with young kids, we're babysitting your kids next Friday night so you can go out for a belated Valentine's Day dinner. You can't beat that. And we aren't even charging you. We will take tips, but we're not charging you anything. On a serious note, we've been uh, watching the news, I'm sure. The uh, death toll continues to rise in Turkey and Syria. Uh, I just, uh, it's sad stuff. I'm grateful for a denomination uh, that is on the ground when those things happen. 166 countries around the world, the Church of the Nazarene is there through Compassionate Ministries. And if you have a heart for helping with the relief in that area of the world, and want to know that every dollar will go directly to the relief, go to the Nazarene Compassionate Ministry website, and they have actually a focus on Syria, who has really been under-aided in that uh, area of the world after that earthquake, and you can uh, give there. And I'm looking out, uh, Salvation Army is a good place uh, to give. Uh, Samaritan's Purse, I'm thinking about uh, Joshua Loring and his connection to this church. And uh, as God leads, let's uh, be a part of the relief there. Lots of other information in your bulletin. Check that out. And uh, we're going to receive the morning tithes and offerings now. Our ushers would come. Thank you for your giving. Notice the positive report in the front of that bulletin this morning. Uh, we're grateful for that and hope that's a, uh, just a trend in the right direction around here. God, thank you for all you've blessed us with materially relationally, spiritually. Uh, it's just awesome to be alive, and life is a gift from you. We give back to you in grateful obedience for all that you've done and for all that you've provided for us. 
We do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me as we continue our time of worship? Would you come expectant this morning of what God's going to do? Because He has a plan. He always meets us where we're at, but then He takes us to another place. So I'm excited to see what He's going to do.
Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand, when everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus, cause he's never let me down, he's faithful through
Father, we are so blessed this morning by your Holy Spirit, permeating this place, blessing our lives. We are so blessed, and we humble ourselves, humble our hearts to you. Father, and I pray for this young group of children that are down the hall also, that your Holy Spirit will just permeate that place, that these little ones and middle school ones, Lord, will hear your word this day and go deep into their hearts, into the world that they have to face, Lord, that they hear your word today and know your great love to them. Oh, Father, we pray for this body of believers for next Sunday, that we will be in prayer this week as we look forward to inviting a pastor for this church, one to lead. Father, we pray that we will all be seeking you and your will and know that we know that this is the one for this church. Bless, we pray, in this coming week. Father, and then we lift up what Pastor Ben has already been speaking on with Syria and Turkey and these people that it's beyond our imagination, Lord, here in this country that we feel so safe in. The devastation of 25,000-plus people have lost their lives. Lord, you know. Lay on our hearts any way you mean, whether it's financially, but especially in prayer, that we be lifting up all those who've lost loved ones, family, all those many, many who will be uh, converging on the areas to serve, uh, to meet needs, medical and physical and spiritual, all these places, Lord. Bless them, give them wisdom as they serve. Thank you, Father. And then this morning, Lord, now we pray for Pastor Kelly as she leads and brings the message that you've given her. This message, Lord, of love. It's your love that we crave, Lord. And you want it back from us. And we pray that you will take to heart what the word is this morning that you've given her. That you will convict, that you will draw us to a closer walk with you through it. We praise you again. We thank you for the spirit that is so wonderfully permeating this place. We bless your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And He loves us so very much. Not because we always deserve it, but He loves us. And I am so thankful for that. Tuesday is what? Valentine's Day. Yes, it is <laughs> a day that we celebrate love with hearts and cards and roses and chocolates. On Valentine's Day, florists are busy, <laughs> restaurants are crowded, and expectations are high. Love is in the air on Valentine's Day. 
If by chance you haven't found a good card for your loved one yet, I have a few suggestions. <clears throat> you want to show us those great suggestions there? You are perfect to me, but I can understand how other people could find you annoying. <laughs> There's a good one. Or how about the next one? You mean more to me than my second cup of coffee. Now that's, that speaks love. Yes, yes. How about that third one there? I love you with all my belly. I'd say heart, but both of us know my belly is bigger. <laughs> I like that one. And what is the last card there? Oh, I can't, I got to turn to see this one. Marriage, marriage means commitment, of course, so does insanity. Perfect cards. And for all you single women out there, I found a great deal at Walmart this week. Look at that. Assorted husbands, only $14.98. I know it's a little steep, but maybe, the, maybe they'll go on sale after Valentine's Day. So you want to be sure and take advantage of that deal down at the Walmart. Well, in the English language, Mike spoke about this yesterday at our Prime Timers event. There, in the English language, we only have one word for love, don't we? And what is it? Love. Chocolate. <laughs> love. There's just one word. But in the Greek... There are four different words for love that convey different meanings. And today I'm going to be talking about three of those words. And there they are up there, eros, agape, and philia. First of all, eros is romantic love between a man and a woman. And on Valentine's Day, we celebrate romantic love, or eros. And as we know, romantic kind of love is driven by a lot of emotion and a lot of feelings, isn't it? And if you're anything like me, feelings are unstable, unpredictable, and unreliable. Right, Ben? <laughs> it might cause us to say things like, I can't help it. I just fell in love with you. Or, I am so happy when we are together, so I must be in love with you. Or, I know that I'm in love with you because I just feel all giddy when we are together. Or, on the flip side, you no longer make me happy. You no longer make me feel giddy. So therefore, it must mean that I'm no longer in love with you. Since eros is so emotionally driven, decisions made strictly by feelings are never wise, well-thought-out decisions. Amen? Amen. Agape love. Agape love is the unconditional love that God has 
for each one of us. Agape is the Greek word for sacrificial, self-giving love that is primarily concerned for with the good of someone else, not me. Agape is much more than a feeling, although feelings are a part of it. Agape love is an intentional decision and is demonstrated through actions. We heard about some of those neat actions with Frank and Bernie at the primetimers yesterday. Demonstrated through actions. I love you, and I'm bringing you coffee every morning. The Bible acknowledges that love is both an emotion and an act of the will, and we recognize that emotions are an essential part of love. But emotions are not the foundation or the determining factor of love. Philia, the third kind of love. It's brotherly love. There's a city named after this Greek word for brotherly love. Does anybody happen to know that city? Philadelphia, home of the... Eagles? Okay, okay. The city of brotherly love. Now, if you walk through the streets of Philadelphia, I'm not sure how much brotherly love you're going to experience, but hopefully not, uh, not too bad. But philia is the Greek word that is used to describe deep, meaningful friendships. Now, some of us can maybe think back or think about our present time now and some of those deep meaningful friendships that you have or have had in your life they mean a lot they are very special aren't they philia love binds two people together and holds them through thick and thin good times and bad times that friendship is there philia friends are faithful. They stay close to you during your best moments and your worst. David and Jonathan, they represent this kind of love, this kind of friendship for one another. This morning, though, I want to focus mainly on agape, which is the highest form of love, the unconditional, sacrificial love of God. Agape describes God's love in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave sacrifice. He gave his one and only son. It is the kind of love that follows us wherever we go. It follows us to the heights, it follows us to the depths. This is the kind of love that you cannot get away from. The other morning, I was out for my morning walk, and it was early. And the moon, we had a full moon this week, and the moon was so bright and so beautiful. And I started out my walk on Evergreen Heights Drive, and as I walked, there was the moon, and it was like, wow, that is so beautiful. I turned up Carolyn Drive, going up at that direction, and I'm just walking along, 
all of a sudden I look off to my right. There's the moon. It was so bright and beautiful. I continued on my walk onto another street, going in a different direction, and I turn. There's the moon, so bright and beautiful. And it struck me, that is God's love. This moon is wherever I go. It is there. And that is God's agape love for you. No matter what path you may take, God's love is there with you. Agape was demonstrated when Jesus took a servant's towel and washed his disciples' feet. Agape was demonstrated when Jesus took the form of a criminal and died on the cross for sinners? Yes, for sinners. Agape was demonstrated when Jesus looked down from the cross at the Roman soldiers, one of them still holding a bloody hammer, and said, Lord, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. That is agape love. And agape love which was so beautifully demonstrated by Jesus himself, is the kind of love that he wants you and I to have for each other. Let's listen in to this fireside chat that Jesus had with his disciples as he prepared them for his death. John 13, 33 to 35 says, My children... I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How many times did Jesus say, love one another? How many times in that scripture? Three times, right? In scripture, when it's said over and over and over again like that, you've got to pay attention to that. Jesus was going away. And he instructed his disciples three times to love one another with agape love. And this love that they have for one another will be their witness to a world full of sin, full of pain, and full of hatred. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, is written by Paul to the church in Corinth. And his main focus was agape love, which is characterized by devotion and selflessness to others. Paul makes a larger point in this letter to the church in Corinth 
that the lack of agape within the church causes all sort of dysfunction and disorder. Love for God and for other people must be the motivating force behind what we do. Otherwise, our actions are going to end up glorifying ourselves. And we're not going to be showing Jesus to a world full of pain, death, and hatred. Let's pray, or let's say a portion of 1 Corinthians 13 together. And I've gone ahead and taken the liberty to make the second paragraph a bit more personal. Let's say this together. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. I am patient. I am kind. I do not envy. I do not boast. I am not proud. I do not dishonor others. I am not self-seeking. I am not easily angered. I keep no record of wrongs. I do not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. I always protect. I always trust. I always hope. I always persevere. Love never fails. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Might have been a little tough to say that center section in there. It, it suddenly got a little quieter out there when we got to that place. I am patient. I am kind. Why is that? Is it because we all feel like we fall so short in these qualities? Can we, by our own strength, do these things? Can I be patient? Can I be kind? No, we can't do that on our own strength. But as we put our hope and our trust in the Lord, he can enable us to be those qualities, to take on those qualities. And we must be intentional in putting, on, putting these qualities into daily practice. That's why I wanted us to say, I am patient, I am kind, I do not envy. Because we need to be intentional on doing those things, being those things, but relying on God because he will ultimately enable us to do that. We must be intentional in putting these into daily practice, especially in our closest relationships, in our marriages, in our families, and in our church. And remember, the foundation of agape is not emotions, it is not feelings, but rather decision and actions. I'm not falling in love with you, but rather I am choosing to love you and to be patient with you 
and to be kind to you and to be committed to you even when I don't feel like it. These disciples probably looked at each other and thought, I gotta love you. Sometimes don't we feel this way in our church, in our families? We look around and say, I gotta love you. When When Jesus prepared his disciples, those who were closest to him, for his departure, he pulled them together. He looked them in the eyes. I can even see him grabbing some of their shoulders and saying, you have got to love each other. Why? Why is that such a big deal? So what if these guys didn't get along? They had to love each other. Because Jesus' mission, his whole purpose for coming, for dying on the cross, going through everything that he did, counted on his disciples loving one another. Can you believe that? He didn't have a second plan. That was the plan. That was it. His disciples had to love one another. Because they were only going to be effective in their mission if they did. If they loved each other with agape love, then they would be effective in loving others outside of their circle with agape love. And it's the same with the church today. Jesus spent three years modeling agape love to his disciples. And he was about to give up his life on a Roman cross because of that love. Now his disciples were commissioned to love each other with that same sacrificial love. Was this easy? Jesus, of all people, knew that his group of disciples did not all agree. Jesus saw them arguing with each other. Jesus saw them fighting to be top dog or teacher's pet. Jesus even had a tax collector and a zealot on his team. And he expected them to love each other. To be committed to each other no matter what. To love each other so much that they would be willing to die for the other. Now, I'm not saying kill the other. I'm saying being willing willing to die for the other. So what does this look like for this motley band of disciples called together from all different kinds of walks of life to continue the mission of Christ to a lost and dying world. It means putting aside differences and focusing more on commonalities. It means listening to really understand the other person's viewpoint. It means wanting the best for the other, not just for myself. 
It means not holding grudges and being angry with each other. Loving one another means protecting each other. It means trusting the other one. And it means sticking together and not abandoning the relationship just because you had a disagreement. This applies to the disciples, and it also applies to WP NAS and the church all over the world. Commitment to the other person must be the foundation of agape love. We also must walk in the light. Scripture teaches us that when we love our brothers and sisters in the faith, we walk in the light where we can see things clearly. When we are in the light, we can see things such as pride, bad attitudes, jealousy, things like that that trip us up every time. When we walk in the light, we are not as likely to sin. 1 John 2, 9-11 says, Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. Hatred casts us into darkness where we stumble around blindly. And I don't mean physical darkness. I mean spiritual darkness. Hatred blinds us so that we can no longer see what God is doing in our lives, in our church, and in our world. Hatred in our hearts toward our brother or our sister blocks God's voice so that we can no longer hear him speaking. Hatred blocks the warmth of his presence and his love. We don't want that, do we? (laughs) I don't want anything to block God's presence from me. And hatred also opens us up to the schemes of the enemy. But when we love, but when we love each other, when we love our brothers and sisters, we're not spiritually dead, but we are alive in Christ. 1 John 3, 14 says, We know that we have passed from death to life. Because we love our brothers and sisters. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Our love for one another means that we are spiritually alive. Agape love is so important because if the enemy wants to trip us up, the first thing he's going to do is separate us from our Christian brothers and sisters. The enemy is all about causing division among Christians because when the church is unified, she is a mighty force for God. Amen. But when the church is divided, we are stumbling around in the darkness. What do you want to be? A mighty force for God? 
Amen. Or stumbling around in the darkness. And agape love focuses on the other and not on me. Love ain't all about me. We know that girl, don't we? <laughs> the selfies. Love ain't all about me. You know, we were all born with a sinful, selfish nature. Did you know that? All of us. If you don't believe that, spend some time with a two-year-old. Favorite word is mine, right? If we are going to love others unconditionally and sacrificially, we need to figure out how to get our eyes off of ourselves and on to others. It's hard not to be self-centered because it comes so naturally. Before Christ enters our lives, we live them pretty much for ourselves. We are naturally selfish without Jesus. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> we are naturally selfish without Jesus. We really like ourselves, and we really like to talk about ourselves. Did you know that there are about 450 thousand words in the English language about 80% of our conversations though use only about 400 of these words and do you know what they are I me my and mine those are the words that we use the most did you know that building managers install mirrors in their lobbies because people complain less about waiting for slow elevators when they're occupied with looking at themselves. <laughs> we like ourselves. We like ourselves a lot. Do you ever notice that when you're looking at a group picture that you're in, who's the first person you look for? Yourself. That's exactly right. Scripture, though, tells us that we need to focus less on ourselves and more on others. Philippians 2, 3 says, In humility, consider, consider others better than yourselves. When Jesus spoke about loving one another in our passage, did you notice that he referred to it as a new commandment? It's new because it runs counter to our natural human tendencies. As Christians, this new commandment is for us. And this new commandment is how we'll know when we have be become mature in our relationship with Christ. Because when we're mature, we will have learned to think of others first. We'll learn to love others, even those who annoy us, even those who have B.O., and even those who vote differently than we do at the polls. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Our love for each other is intentional, not based on feelings, but based on decision. We choose to love one another. Because we choose to love, we stay committed even when we might disagree. We love even when they tick us off. We love even when we don't get our own way. 
It's our love that identifies us as the children of God. They will know that we are Christians by our love for each other and for our neighbors. And because of this agape love, we are different than the world. And did you know that the world is watching? The world is watching because they're looking for a love that is real, a love that is unconditional, and a love that is enduring. When Christians deeply love each other, they stand out. They stand out when they love their community, their neighbors, when they are there to help. Not long after Jesus' death and resurrection, unbelievers were awed by how early Christians loved one another and how ready they were to die for one another. Loving fellow believers is a large part, was a large part of Jesus' mission. But loving fellow believers is the foundation of being on mission. The disciples had to love each other so that they would be effective in reaching the world for Christ. The love Jesus and each the love for Jesus and each other taught them how to love those who did not follow Christ yet. Our love for each other and our neighbors is a powerful witness to the world. When we first moved to Gaithersburg, we lived in an apartment. And I decided to have to open up my apartment and invite uh, my neighbors in for a Bible study. And this one woman comes in, a young woman named Lynn. She was actually in college, and she came to my Bible study. And this one week, we decided to share our stories, to share our testimonies. And Lynn's testimony is one I will never forget. Lynn was, she described herself as the class nerd in high school. She was Jewish, and she wore her hair kind of down over her face so that nobody could really see her. She was very shy. She was very withdrawn. <clears throat> I don't think she had a whole lot of friends. Um, and high school was probably very painful for her. She talked about noticing that there was a young man, and, you know, again, she's Jewish, and there was a young man in her high school that carried his Bible around with him every day. And she just thought that was a little unusual, but it, but it stood out to her. And so she said that there was one day she was running late to her class. And one of the worst things for the class nerd to have to go through is to walk into class late because all eyes are on you, right? So she walks in to her class a little bit late, and she just said, oh, she was so humiliated. And she looks around, and there is not a seat open at all. And she's standing there so uncomfortable, not quite sure what to do. And pretty soon here in the second row, the young man who carried his, his Bible around with him to school every day stood up, grabbed his books, and offered Lynn his chair. Lynn stopped at a Christian bookstore on the way home from school that day and bought a Bible began to read it, hid it under her mattress at night so her parents didn't find it. 
and just begin to just pour into the Bible. And in her room, one night, she prayed all by herself there, and she received Christ into her life. Because a young man who carried his Bible boldly to school every day stood up and said, take my seat. I love you. I care about you. I can tell this is very uncomfortable for you. Take my seat. It changed her life. You know what she was going to school for? She was going to school to learn how to sign so she could go to um, concerts and sign for the deaf at Christian concerts. So here she was now getting into ministry. Beautiful testimony. The world is watching. The world is watching you and me. Is this love real? Yeah, we can say we love each other all day long. But can I see it in the way that you're living? Can I see it in the way that you're treating each other and treating our community, our neighbors? Can I see it? I'm going to invite the worship team to come back. Are you easy to love? Probably not. Am I easy to love? No. But just because we are all Christ followers, it doesn't mean that we all agree. Do we get on each other's nerves sometimes? Yes. But Christ's love is a sacrificial love. It's not based on our feelings, but it's based on our commitment to each other. And this is the love that Christ demonstrated to us on the cross. And this is the kind of a love that allow people to stick together even in tough times. And this is the kind of love that the world sees and is in awe because it is a love that is foreign to their experience. When the church stays unified in a very divisive world, it stands out. And there is someone there that is the glue to those believers. And that someone is Christ. And Jesus demonstrated that love to us when he picked up the, the servant's towel and he washed his disciples' feet. And you know, that's the kind of love we need to show to each other. We need to be willing to serve each other. And as, as we are willing to serve each other, we need to be willing for, to allow them to serve us, too. I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm opening the altars if you'd like to come and pray. We're going to sing together one of my favorite songs, the servant song. And we must be willing to serve one another.
wife today. She is pretty easy to love, by the way. And that was a song that uh, we sang quite often back in our home church in Maryland. And I can tell you, 35 years with one church, they loved us, we loved them. I think the same thing's happening right here. God help us to love each other with the love that you have loved us with. Help us to put into practice the message we've heard today in the days ahead. We pray it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. I'm going to have you be seated just for a moment. I'm going to invite uh, our board vice chair, Scott Meyer, to come up. And he's got a bit of an update for us uh, this morning. And then I'll take the mic back and wrap us up. Looking good, Scott. Vice Chair, boy, that sounds important. Good morning, Woodland Park, Church of the Nazarene. So I'm here with an update from our board and from the pastoral search. And uh, first, I'd, I'd like to go back to something that Kelly said uh, or read. When we were reading chapter 13 of Corinthians, the screen switched, and what was the first thing that was said on the second, the second screen? But I think it said, I am patient. Okay, let's find out. So we had, a, we had some, the update we have is that a good candidate that we were ready to meet next, sun, next Sunday and talk about after this meeting, he has decided that it is better that he stay where he is. Um, that's the best thing for his family. And I know that we all see that as a setback. And, and in a way it is because we're working. You know, I've dug a few ditches in my life, right, Larry? And when a ditch just starts caving in on you, you keep digging thinking there's no end to this. Am I right? <laughs> just there's no end to this. But... Have a little patience. We already have two candidates that our, our superintendent, Dr. Askren, wants to introduce to us on the 22nd of this month, if I'm not mistaken. What day is the, what day is the, the 22nd of February? Why does that ring a bell? Yeah, it's a Wednesday. It's also George Washington's birthday. <laughs> I only mention that because, because be patient. We want what's best for you. And I think that the board actually, um, if I could get an amen out there, the board is actually comfortable with the decision was, that was made. And reflecting back on it, we can do better. And I think there's better coming. So be patient with us. But uh, the process is still ongoing. And we expect some, some really good things. Actually, I think the candidates have been getting better and better and better. So the best is yet to come. And, oh, by the way, guess what that means? Our, our, pastors, our pastors, Ben and Kelly, are going to be here for a little bit longer. <laughs> well, we certainly don't mind that. Um, and I'd like just to add, we really do, and I, 
I'd like our board members to stand. Scott, just go ahead and keep standing. The rest of them in here, and be Cyril. Come on in here, Cyril. Or at least, well, I guess you have a job to do there, right? Just stay standing. I, I, I'll say it again. Uh, this has been a fine board to work with. It's as fine a board as I've worked with in 37 years of ministry. And they're modeling for us uh, what we ought to be doing, and I think are doing as a church. A lot of diversity in opinion and perspective among these seven. And sometimes it's different than the guy that's chairing their meetings. But they feel free to be honest, share those perspectives, and we come out of every meeting friends. And uh, these guys have done some overtime, a lot of meetings, a lot of prep for the meetings, some tasks leaving those meetings. And uh, guys, I just want to tell you, we're proud of you. We're behind you. We're praying for you. You've been a pleasure to work with. I think we ought to applaud them. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Cliff says we all love our church. I know you do. It's evident. And I'll, I'll say it again. Maybe I've said this before. My uh, contacts across the country with district superintendent friends and colleagues and all the rest, uh, the church in these United States still trying to come out of COVID, and uh, you aren't the only church uh, for whom this process is this challenging and long. Uh, it's happening all over the place. Uh, Young folks coming into the pipeline of ministry uh, are not as uh, great as those that are leaving it. Boomers are getting old and retiring and all the rest. So it's a real challenge these days. But we're absolutely convinced that God has somebody just right. And that person's going to show up at just the right time. And in the meantime, let's keep working on what Kelly has encouraged us to work on today. Keep loving each other, and you're doing that. We are just uh, so impressed with the way that that's happening in this church here. And it occurs to me again that the text that G, uh, Kelly chose this morning was uh, Jesus' uh, call to his disciples to love each other on what would become one of the darkest nights in his life and in the history of this world. The next day, it would seem to be all over. Put an end at the Sunday. Turn out the lights. But in fact, it was when God was doing his very best work, not only for that small group of disciples, but for all the world. And here we are, beneficiaries of what happened that next day, uh, here today. Amen. It's been a good, good time together. Uh, one more note before I have a stand. Thank you for bringing almost 100 cans of soup uh, for the local food bank today. That's the good news. The bad news is the Eagles only got 36 in their box. The Chiefs got 62. So hopefully that's not a prediction of the, uh, I think it's me, Danny Baker, and the Summerall boys. We're the only ones rooting for the Eagles, but we will persevere. Okay, let's stand together. I want to leave you with these closing words from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Go in peace.